This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 89, Creating Your Future with Craig Valentine, a 10th anniversary replay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. It's the end of the year, and around this time of the year, we typically look back, maybe reflect back on our year. We take a look at what we've done, what we've accomplished, perhaps what we haven't done, and we also look at what we want to do in the future. I don't really like to call them resolutions. In addition to reflecting, one of the things I like to do is go back and look at articles I've written over the years, perhaps listen to some recordings of Toastmaster speeches or other professional speeches. But I also like to re-listen to some of the podcasts and interviews that were done over the year. More than to reminisce, I like to look at these as a refresher. Of course, as a Toastmaster, I'd like to review what went well, what I can improve on. But really, I look at these as a source of motivation and inspiration. I do find that I like to go back to podcasts, but not necessarily just the current year, but to previous years as well. I mean, it's pretty easy these days. All I need to do is launch my podcast app. And of course, all the podcasts are on iTunes. Pretty easy when you have your phone when I'm out for my daily walk. There are some that I listen to on occasion, but there are others that I'd like to listen to probably on a more frequent basis. Some of them I've probably listened to over a dozen times. And one in particular I'm thinking about is from the humble beginnings of Toastcaster. In fact, 10 years ago this month, it was called Creating Your Future. It was my first interview with one of the world champions of public speaking. And this one happened to be the 1999 world champ Craig Valentine. Well, I have humble appreciation for all of the podcasts. With this particular one, it really resonated with me. It stuck with me. Craig talked about his vision. He talked about the dash between the dates on your tombstone and the dash after the dates. He talked about crabs in the barrel, and he also talked about leading a proactive versus a reactive life and a whole lot more. So I thought, well, you know, it might be 10 years, but what Craig has to say seems to have even more relevance today. Given that we, we seem connected 24-7, we live really fast-paced lives. And so I thought, you know what? This would be a really good time for a review. This would be a really good time. In fact, many of you may not have even heard this particular podcast, and I think you'll probably find it fairly relevant. With that said, I don't want to really give too much away, but please sit back and enjoy my conversation on creating your future with 1999 world champ of public speaking, Craig Valentine. Wouldn't it be great to get an insight on creating your future by someone who's created a great future for himself, a world champion of public speaking? Ladies and gentlemen and fellow Toastmasters, it's an honor and a privilege. My conversation with Craig Valentine, internationally known and award-winning professional speaker, trainer, CEO of the Communication Factory, and of course, very well known as the world champion of public speaking for 1999. Please join us in our conversation. Craig, you, you took the journey and became a world champion, and you shared that at our fall conference, and also on some of the CDs that you've done. But I know that that was just one step. And from there, you were determined to create your own future. 
we've seen how far you've come. And I know I speak for myself and many others that when we attended the conference, we know how you impacted us, how you touched us. And with your presentations, you were able to connect with virtually every person in that room. And I thought that maybe knowing you a little better, it may help us understand what we need to do to create our future. So I'd like to ask you, Craig, what drives you? What makes you passionate about what you do? And what are some of the causes that you're <laughs> championing in your life to create your future? Well, that's a great question, Greg. And, and first of all, let me say, I had a blast. I had an absolute blast out there in Calgary. I did all the things I like to do. I, I did some reading. I did some writing. I met a lot of people. I even did some jogging around Calgary. And people beat their horns. It was just, it was a fantastic time. Uh, what am I driven by? I'm driven by my vision. I, I've always had a a vision in place. And I even say this in my speeches that if you're not driven by your vision, you'll be taken for a ride in someone else's. And I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who have been taken for a ride in someone else's vision, and then they end up in a certain spot in life and say, how in the world did I get here? And so I realized pretty early on it's important to create your own vision and be driven by that. So I wrote it down. I wrote down my vision, and if you have seen me speak, you know that I wrote down that I wanted to be a full-time professional speaker. I'm a professional speaker. I wrote down that I wanted to own my own business. I own my own business. I wrote down that I wanted a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful wife. I even said I wanted to have a white Mercedes-Benz convertible. And Greg, I have a white Honda Accord, so I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> There's still lots of time. But, but you've got to be driven by your vision. And, and that brings about another thought, which is your vision does change over time. And for me, my vision changed. The only reason I don't have a white Mercedes-Benz convertible now is because I don't care to have one. And my, my vision changed since I wrote that. And I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and it's much more important to me, kids, not cars, <laughs> and it's much more important to me for them to actually travel the world and see the world so that when they get in school, they can be much more knowledgeable. So, you know, my vision has changed, but it's important to have one. Now, I once was down in Florida, and I heard a lady, I don't know, Greg, you, you may have heard people talk about the dash between the dates. People talk about how there's a, a date where you're born, and then there's a dash, and then there's a date when you pass away and how important it is to do all you can with that dash. That's always impacted me. However, when I was down in Florida, there was a lady who talked about the dash after the dates. And that means what kind of legacy do you leave behind? And so that became very important to me to ask, what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind for my kids and for future generations? And in a way, if you, if you leave the right thing behind, you become somewhat immortal. And so I'm driven by that as well. So that, that's what drives me. And I'm championing my kids. I'm also championing the homeless. I work with homeless men to make sure they go from homelessness to home ownership and from drug addicts to people who are in recovery and productive citizens in society. So the, that's the answer to both of your questions. That's what drives me, and that's who I'm championing. Well, thank you very much for that. Now, sometimes things just don't work out. And I'm not referring specifically to the Mercedes. But sometimes things don't work. We begin to lose our faith, maybe become a little unsure of our, our beliefs. When things maybe don't turn out as planned, car aside, 
what do you do to keep going? Well, the first thing I do is recognize that I'm going through this failure or this place that I didn't want to be for a reason. And most likely for me as a, as a speaker, I know that failures make my best upcoming stories because they inspire people. And I think even if you're not a speaker, you're going through these battles for a reason and they, they will make you stronger. You know, if you had picked up my phone, Gregory and, and Greg, I don't want to call you Greg. If you had picked up my phone in the year 2000, you would have heard a woman from the Michigan Consolidated Gas Company say to me, Craig, we want you to come out here and speak, and we're going to pay you for 45 minutes $3,500. Now, usually at this point, Gregory, I'd say that those are U.S. dollars, but I guess that doesn't mean as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she said, we're going to pay you $3,500 for 45 minutes. And keep in mind, this is the year 2000. So even though I was a world champion, I was still what I would consider a newbie speaker. So I was very excited about this. What else do you think I was other than being excited? I was pretty nervous. Scared. And so, yeah, I was scared. I was nervous and scared to death. And to make things worse, they flew me out first class. And when I got there, they picked me up in a stretch limo took me out, wined and dined me, took me over to a five-star hotel, <laughs> dropped me off. <laughs> the next morning, they swept me up in that same black stretch limo, took me over to the event, and as I'm walking up on stage, Greg, the lady who brought me in tucked into my jacket pocket a check for $3,500. And I was so excited as this new speaker, I jumped up on the stage, I looked out in front of that audience, and I kid you not, I gave them a $150 speech. Ouch. I failed. Yeah, that's an I failed miserably. It was so bad that this woman who went to bat for me, I mean, she really convinced all these higher-ups to hire me in the first place. When I stepped off of that stage, I'll never forget, she couldn't even look me in the eyes. And I was just absolutely devastated. I mean, even the limo driver was looking at me like, man, I still got to take you back? <laughs> and so <laughs> that was the year 2000. If you fast forward with me today to 2007, almost 2008, if you can believe it, my rehire rate today, the rate at which I'm rehired is 92%. 92%. You know what that means? That means if you hire me once, chances are very good that you're going to hire me again. And so people ask me, well, what, what do you think made the difference? Well, what made the difference was I bounced back from that failure. And I rededicated myself to the art of public speaking, and I became a much stronger speaker. And so, Gregory, that's a long way to say that when things don't work out, go back to the drawing board. See where you failed. Don't give up. Go up and become much stronger. And then you have a story to tell others in the process and, and hopefully inspire them. So that's what I do when things don't work out. So you basically take it as a, as a learning experience, call it a teacher, if you will. Yeah, because I, I realized, and this came from one of my mentors, Willie Jolly, who said, Craig, sometimes you're the windshield, other times you're the bug. <laughs> And I took that to heart. Sometimes you're the windshield, other times you're the bug. And he, he tells this wonderful story about 
bugs. Some bugs hit the windshield and go splat. Some of them hit the windshield, bounce up, and bounce to a higher trajectory. And so that's I always keep that image in my mind. Am I going splat or am I jumping up to a higher trajectory? And I think that's important. Well, it's interesting you mentioned mentors because that's going to lead me into my next question. But I just did a quick calculation, and I think that $3,500 back in 2000 was over 5000 Canadian. <laughs> now it's actually pretty close to par. The, the dollar's about $0.98 cents today. Well, well, notice one thing about this, Greg, that I didn't feel bad enough to give the check back. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that you earned it many times over yes, from yes, then on. Yes. My next question, you talked about your mentor, and of course, quite often in Toastmasters and also in our personal lives, we look for, we look for leadership, we look for guidance, we look for someone who has wisdom to share with us. Who is your guide? Who is somebody or someone or something that you look up to? Gosh, you know, I have guides who aren't even living. Really? For me, every answer that I have is in a book somewhere, and I'm an avid reader. Yeah, I read at least a book a week, and there are just so many historical figures who have already been through many of the trials and tribulations that any of us will go through, and they've already laid out strategies. It's like they passed a baton to you. And so there, there are a number of historical figures that I look at who are idols of mine, and so to speak. But I also have some mentors who are actually living and breathing. Uh, uh, but I think what's more important, I have a mentor for leadership. I have mentors and coaching, coaches for public speaking. I have people I look up to in every area of my life. But more important than that is I hang out with what I call OPP, only positive people. Those are the people that you can turn to when things don't go very well for you. Those are the people you can turn to when you need guidance. Yeah, I got a good friend of mine who I went to when I was writing my book. Because I don't know if you know about this, Greg, but there's this crabs in a barrel mentality that a lot of people have, where, where if you take crabs and put them in a barrel and you take the lid off of the top of the barrel, every time a crab tries to crawl out, another crab will, will claw at it and bring it back down. That's right. And that's the same, that's the same thing negative people do. And I realized this, and, and when I wanted to write my book, which thankfully is flying off the shelf now. But when I wanted to write this book, I went to some friends of mine, friends of mine, Greg. Evidently, I forgot who I was talking to. I don't know if you've ever done this, taking some positive news to some negative people, but that's not a very good combination. And that, that balloon gets deflated pretty quick. Oh, my gosh. It's like, why did I bother? <laughs> exactly, and that's exactly how I felt. Now, I went to these friends of mine, and I said, I'm going to write this book. Who better than me, the world champion of public speaking, to write a book on the art of public? I'm so excited. And they looked at me and said, don't you know the odds of getting it published? Don't you know it probably won't work? Don't you know even if you self-publish it, you still have to market it? Not that many people know you. Who do you even think you Why do you think so highly of yourself? Why don't you just come back? And basically what they were doing, Greg, is they were, they were grabbing me back into the barrel. So they had me in the bottom of the barrel. That's what they wanted. So I was so upset about this. I called my friend Steve. I said, Steve, you're positive. Tell me something. Tell me anything. Steve said, Craig, you write that book. I will be the first one in line to purchase it. I said, Steve, that is $15.95. <laughs> but you know what the moral of that story is, Greg? Hang around Steve's. Hang around your own Steve's because you're going to need a Steve to pick you up. And if you're hanging around po positive people, they will definitely pick you up. The problem I see, Greg, is that a lot of people are hanging around negative people and don't even know it. They're so used to it. 
but you will never become what you have dreamed of becoming. You will never become what you're capable of becoming if you have even one of these crabs in a barrel close to you. So hang around Steve's, hang around OPP, only positive people. They can become some of your best mentors. Yeah, some of the people that you hang around that always give you that negative answer, quite often you don't even have to ask them. You just look at them and you already know what they're going to say. Oh, yeah. A negative person can walk in a positive room and suck up all the energy. (laughs) And that's just, I mean, Greg, have you ever felt deflated after talking to a negative person? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's happened. It happens. And it's a terrible feeling. I mean, that's the same energy we need to thrive in life. And negative people will suck it right out of us. So don't get me started on them. <laughs> Especially when something great happens and the first person who happens to be there is that person who just pops that balloon and it just goes, oh. Oh, yeah, that's a terrible feeling. And, and the, th- the thing is, some people don't even know they're being negative. They're doing it in the, the realm of, I'm just being realistic. Well, you know what? My reality is not your reality. And you're looking through your world through different glasses than I am. You're, you were speaking of books, and I know that at the conference you mentioned three books that you suggest people should have in their library. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I mentioned that, but if I'm to mention books that people should have in their library, it, it wouldn't be those three. Those three were just – they happened to be in a story of books that, that taught me the art and, and science of imagination. And the books were Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain, that's G-A-W-A-I-N, I believe, Passion, Profit, and Power by Marshall Silver, and then there was a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind, and the gentleman's name is Joseph Murphy. Those are just books on imagination, but it's amazing how many times people come up to me and say, what three books did you mention? But if I was to tell people to read my favorite book of all time, it would be The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by a gentleman named Dan Millman, M-I-L-L-M-A-N. It's just a big book. It's just wonderful. And if you're not afraid to think, read that book, and it will pay dividends for you for your entire life. But I read a book a week, so if you want to ask me about books, I can talk all day on those. One of the books that I like to read, and I don't know whether you've ever heard of this author, his name is Robin Sharma. He did a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It's a spiritual fable about fulfilling your dreams and and reaching your destiny. And I believe he he lives in Toronto, and I found this very interesting. He's a lawyer running the the fast life. He had a Ferrari, and I think one day he just about dropped dead, so he decided to let everything go, go to Tibet, find himself, and of course he comes back, and people virtually don't recognize him anymore. It was quite interesting, quite interesting book. Oh, I'd love to read that. I'd love to read it. So you give me the author's name again. Absolutely. It's Robin Sharma, S-H-A-R-M-A. And he's got, a, he's got a series of them. There's Leadership Wisdom from the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and there's Family Wisdom. There's a few different books that he's put out. And one he put out that I really like is called Who Will Cry When I Die. Mm. It's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> well, think about this, though, what he's talking about. And I haven't read it yet, but it's what happens to a lot of people. A lot of people get trapped in a good life. And I say that because sometimes the enemy of the best is the good. People are in a good life. They're comfortable with that life. They might even be in a prestigious life like he was. But it's not the life that they wanted. They're not driven by their own vision. They they 
were taken for a ride in someone else's and they got stuck. And so I enjoy speaking to audiences about reclaiming your dream, even if you have to dust it off. A lot of people have dusty dreams. If you have to dust it off, don't let the good get in the way of the best. There's a, there's a best life for you out there. Don't let the good life get in the way. So I guess in dusting it off, it's sometimes bringing it back in and maybe very simple, as you mentioned, with having a Honda Accord instead of a Ferrari, Some not a Ferrari, Mercedes, white Mercedes, that maybe, <laughs> maybe your priorities have changed too. That's right. Your priorities will definitely change. Greg, I'd like to ask you maybe just one last question before we wrap up for the year. In your Speaking Secrets of the Champions CD, you said that fear motivates, but for a very short time. And to me, that's almost like New Year's resolutions. It's a question of which day in January are you going to end up breaking the first one. But <laughs> if, if I could ask you to leave with our, our fellow Toastmasters, maybe share with us, let's say, three effective things that we can do starting today. We don't have to wait till January the 1st, but things that we can do starting today, especially with the fact that we all lead busy, hectic lives. What can we do as a starting point so that we can go on our journey to creating our future? That's a wonderful question. And I, I've regularly written about this, haven't put it in a book yet, but I will. First, let me start with what I would suggest not to do. I don't know if out there in Canada you are familiar with Jeff Foxworthy. Do you know who he is? Yes. The Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you know him from that, but we know him from his his days where he would have this routine called "You might be a redneck." No, never heard and of it. Was, yeah, it's a wonderful routine. He goes over if you do this and this and that, then you might be a redneck. Well, I have one that I would I would consider. Uh, you're either living an, a, a proactive life or a reactive life. And if you're going to create your own future, you've got to live a proactive life. But you might be reactive if you do these things. So here are things I would suggest not doing. If you wake up and read the newspaper immediately, you're living a reactive life. If you wake up and you immediately turn on the television and watch the news, chances are you're living a reactive life. If you wake up and one of the first things you do at business is to check your email, chances are you're living a reactive life. Check your voicemail, reactive life. These are things we need to stay away from because what they do is you're, you're letting other people set the tone for your day. And, and chances are 90% of the news is going to be somewhat negative. So you're going to wake up and you're going to go into your day with this, this tone of negativity. So what I suggest is the first things first. Every day I wake up, I wake up and I visualize how my day is going to be. I visualize myself going through radiating and, and having a positive effect on people. If I have speeches that day, I'm visualizing my audience. It doesn't take long, but it's something that I do to get myself centered. And the second thing I would suggest is I always write down three things that I'm going to get done that day that are proactive. Not three things that I have to do, but three things that I want to do. And I go back and I look at that list during the day because I, I make sure that I get those three things done. Because more often than not, we do all the things that we're reacting to in life. We check all our emails. We check our voicemails. We do all these different things. And we get to the end of our day, and what have we accomplished? Nothing. We haven't gone forward one bit. So write three things down, proactive things that you can do each day, and do those, and they'll change from day to day. And 
last but not least, in fact, I think you should do this before you do anything else, write down your perfect day. This is what I picked up in Passion, Profit, and Power by Marshall Silver. Write down your perfect day. And what do you do when you get up? What job are you going to? What effect are you having on people's lives? Write it down, and I can almost guarantee you that sooner than you think, you're going to wake up in that perfect day. And so that, that's my piece of advice on creating your own future and being proactive. But you've got to get out of living a reactive life. Wow. That's very, very insightful. Seems like we need to do it right, right now. Don't live, on, don't live on Get Set. <laughs> you were talking about being a redneck. All the things that you mentioned, I'm going, yep, yep, yep. And I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> well, and you bring about a good point. That's the other thing, which is most people are living their lives on get set. You've got to do it now. Most people, whether it's to write down their perfect day or it's to, to write three proactive things in their day or to whatever, they, or to write a book, they take their marks, they get ready, they get set, and they never go. And the unfortunate thing, Greg, is that most people die on get set. Their dreams are unfulfilled. They take their ideas, their innovations, their inventions, everything to the grave with them because they lived and they died on get set. So I always leave with my audiences, don't just use your unique gifts. Don't just set your guide, but make sure you go and go now, go today. If we're not to be a redneck, we need to get off that fence and do something today. Well... You're not a redneck. You're you're a reactive life liver. <laughs> the redneck that was that was Jeff Foxworthy's thing. My thing is, if you don't do these things, <laughs> you're living a reactive life. I I am in no means calling anybody a redneck. <laughs> well, we're in Alberta. We hear that word quite often. <laughs> Good thing I can edit all this stuff out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> We're just, we're just having fun here. Just make sure they understand. Oh, yeah. You're living a reactive life, live a proactive life. That's extremely, extremely important. And the, and the stress falls off you as well. So live a proactive life. I think by putting these things into perspective, it might help us just do away with the standard, making those New Year's resolutions on New Year's Eve and then only you know two weeks later kind of ending them. Because I find that we do that a lot. Yeah, we do. We certainly do. I think it's important to write down your goals, but I think more important than that is to envision them and keep envisioning them, and then you will walk and wake up in it. Uh, That's what happens to me. I am living my dream, and I'm not saying that to be egotistical. I'm saying that to say I found a process that has helped me live my dream, and one of those processes is to envision it every single day. Well, thank you very much. Craig Valentine, world champion of public speaking. Thank you very much for sharing your insights with us. It was an honor and a privilege. If someone has any questions or wants to contact you, how, what's the best way for them to reach you? Go to craigvalentine.com and you can get my email off of there or you can also sign up for my newsletter, which has free resources, especially if this is going to Toastmasters. <laughs> there are so many free resources that you can get for enhancing your public speaking skills, and also if you want to do any kind of professional speaking for enhancing your marketing skills so that you can put yourself out there in a meaningful way. Uh, I do what I do to touch lives, and anybody who's wanting to touch lives and lift people up, I want to help that person. 
So feel free to contact me at craigvalentine.com. I look forward to being in correspondence with you. Once again, Craig, thank you. I hope that everyone listening can take even one piece of what you heard today and apply it to your lives to help create your future. And I thank you, Craig, very much, and I wish you all the best for 2008. Craig, I wish you all the best as well, and I'm about to go to my workout, and, and I'll get there by driving in my white Honda Accord. So thank you very much. I won't be checking my email for the next little while. <laughs> All right. Take care, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, a new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.